you're listening to MOD Channel. Today we're going to look at a really simple and effective way to share the gospel. Stay tuned. This is Pastor Essien with the MOG Podcast. How are you doing? So, we're just going to get right into the episode. Alright, so the evangelism strategy we're going to talk about is the then what strategy that is or was officially coined by St. Philip Neri. St. Philip Neri. Now, before we even go into it, let's talk a bit about evangelism. Many times people are terrified of evangelism uh, for certain reasons, maybe loss of confidence, or I don't know what to say to the person, or people I meet, how do I strike a conversation, and many other things. But I would say that practice makes perfect, and you actually don't need to go into discussions with people with an empty head. Many times we have the idea of open your mouth and God will feel it. Yeah, there's that part where God inspires what you should say. However, God also works with information. And so you should have some, what I would call, ready templates to go. You should have some icebreakers. You should have some kinds of things that you can easily use to start a conversation, all right? Indirect openers is what they call them. And so an example of that is you meet a person and you don't just get into the direct thing which is hi what's your name i mean that's a good one if you have the confidence for that but there are simple things like oh hi what's the time oh are you from this area i'm looking for something um could you give me advice on something you know those are indirect they don't have anything to do with the person or with you they are about something that's quite neutral and people are usually more open to neutral conversations than personal conversations so that's a tip in the event of things now let us move on to what we are discussing by saint philip neri now he is the one who officially coined this that is on record he officially coined it but funny enough it's something i recognized that i was using when i was in university when i would go on evangelism with our church i would use it on people and yes it was quite effective now the reason it's effective is because it gets people to consider things they don't normally want to consider. You see, everyone is in a rush. This world is a rush world. Everyone is busy with activities, with different things, with the worries and cares of this world and what they want to do, where they want to go, um, their ambitions and everything. And many people don't want to stop to think about life itself. They don't want to ponder on life. They don't want to like, really give it some thought. Many people are comfortable with being shallow thinkers because of the ramifications or the consequences of what's on the other side. That is, if they sit down and think more deeply about life, they may get depressed. If they think more deeply about life, they may find themselves in a position they don't want to find themselves. Life is bad enough already for many people. However, when we are talking about something as sensitive as evangelism, You want to get the person you are talking to to consider life in a serious manner, to take life seriously. If you can't get them to do that, then you may have serious problems, alright? Because evangelism is about winning souls. It's about getting a person saved. 
And if a person is not going to be thinking deeply about his salvation, thinking deeply about his life, he will not care about what you're offering. Alright, so I'm just going to read a few things from St. Philip Neri. Alright, so this is called then what? The Lesson of St. Philip Neri. It is reported that St. Philip Neri or Neri used to like to listen to the lofty ambitions of people and respond with and then what? He would say things like, okay, so you want to become rich and famous and then what? However, they would answer, Neri would again respond with, and then what? Neri's line of questioning was designed to force the person to acknowledge the reality that waited for them. Behind all their hopes and dreams was death. Death would end their short life. So, what was he trying to accomplish? He was trying to get people to the point of realizing that this life, in the end, there is one... (laughs) one common factor there is one common thing that is going to happen to everyone there's a statement that says the most certain thing in this life is death but the most uncertain thing in this life is when you will die and so saint philip neri is trying to get you to that place of realizing that see my guy i don't care the degree i'm trying to pursue the marriage you're trying to have the kids you're trying to have the money you're trying to make you will eventually die and that idea alone can spoil every form of happiness that you have if you really think about it because we're not thinking about that we're like oh i'm alive i'm breathing now so let me hustle but if you really think about it you can start hustling hustle so hard hustle hustle do all those things and in the end you will just die And many people will think that they have 80, 90 years to live. But honestly, nothing guarantees that. Let me say this, even as a Christian, with long life, will he satisfy us? Yes, we trust and believe God for long life. Alright, that's a faith statement. It's a statement of faith. Every, will I say, promise of God has to be anchored or appropriated by faith. You have to grab it by faith. It is not automatic. And so if long life will satisfy you, if you're going to live to a ripe old age, being preserved by the power of God and His protection, you know, and all that stuff, you have to... There are several factors. But the first is that you have to be a person of faith, serious faith. You have to really, really believe God. And of course, there are other things like you should be able to just take care of your health because um, faith does not nullify common sense. You should also take care of your body, take care of your health, and other things you should just do to avoid nonsense. So he would get people, you know, to come to that conclusion or that point that look, death is inevitable. Death is inevitable. So let me use this in a practical sense. You're approaching somebody to evangelize, say, Hi, how are you doing? And you know, maybe oh, what's the time? What's the weather? Um, do you live around here and all that? Oh, you go to school in that place? Oh, okay, fine, and everything. Oh, I'd like to ask you a question that's been on my mind for a while. Um, you know, or any, like, you could just start a conversation anyway. And for me personally, if I'm talking to young people or something, I would talk about school and say, okay, so you're in school, why are you studying? What are you studying in school? So oh, I'm studying biology, I'm studying engineering, I'm studying this and that. I said, okay, why are you studying that? He said, well, I want to come out and make money and all that. I'm like, okay, that, that's nice. There. Then then what? I said, okay, I'll come out, I'll get a job. And then I said, okay, then, then what? Okay, after I get a job, you know, I will probably um, have some money to settle down, get married, 
I said, then what? Then have kids? Then what? You know, and I keep on pushing them. <laughs> okay, I'll be a CEO, run three companies. Then what? And I push them to the edge or the ledge of death and I push them over. <laughs> and I'm like, so you will die? Guy says, yes, I will die. And I'm like, then what? <laughs> and this is where, as I said, most people, because they don't have answers, because they're not they're not sure, they would like try to push that away from their minds. And so this is where you are actually coming in because you are giving them a solution that they don't have. You are, you are touching a pain point, something, an agonizing pain point that is so painful, right, that most people don't want to think about it. So you tell the person, look, okay, so then what? And, uh, you know, by the way, you tell the person, look, you want to achieve all these things maybe in 60, 70, 80 years, but what even guarantees you're going to get to that age? What guarantees that this is not the last time that we are meeting and that by the next time I come check up on you, you'll be dead? How are you sure that that's not going to happen? And I sometimes recount some um, people's experiences, uh, some I share just to help the person think and ponder more. So how are you sure that the person that you're going to you know, survive after this? And at that point, we now begin to talk about judgment. I'm like, you know, because most people have that idea, even if they are not Christians, or even as most most people, at least enough religions, have the idea of judgment. They have the idea of, okay, after you die, then there's judgment. And I asked the person, I said, okay, uh, so judgment is coming after your death. So yes. I'm like, why should God let you into heaven? Are you are you a righteous person? But you say, I, I try. I say, but do you know that God's standard is perfection? Do you know God is perfect and it's only perfect people he allows into heaven? Do you know that? And if they want to argue, I can open the Bible and show them, you know, the Galatians 3 and some other texts that tell them, say that the law, that God's law is perfect. And the fact that if you break one, you break all. And so it gets them to start thinking and say, like, so what is the guarantee that God is going to permit you into heaven? How, how is that going to work? And usually they don't have an answer. They say, well, maybe if it's a Muslim, they may say, oh, I'll do my, I'll, I'll do big, better deeds to outweigh my bad deeds. But I'm like, that means you have no assurance of salvation, right? And let's just tell the truth today, you've sinned. How many times have you sinned today? <laughs> how many, how do you want to upset that? Because even your thoughts are sins. Like, we, you can sin in your mind. The Bible says, Jesus t- spoke and said, if a man looks at a woman lustfully, right, he has what committed adultery in his heart. So, <laughs> it's not just about your physical actions. Your thoughts, right, are not just that they are sins of commission, the ones you know you are doing, they are sins of omissions, the good that you should do that you did not do. It's sin. The Bible says it's sin. So, how do you want to escape this? Which religion, which, um, what, what, where is going to provide a way out for you? There is nothing. Nothing is going to guarantee that when you stand before God, you're going to be justified. And if you think about it, if that is the most important thing in life, then you better spend this life getting that right. You better get to know how to be sure that when you die, that you are going to actually be with God because eternity is forever and staying in hell is not pleasant forever. Are you seeing that? So it's madness that people don't think about it. So what are you doing? You're trying to get them to a point where they have to think about their lives and then you offer the solution. You tell them, look, 
I don't know, you don't have an assurance, but I have assurance of salvation. I know exactly what's going to happen to me when I die. And the reason I do is because someone dealt with the same problem. You may be a Muslim or whatever you are, but no one has dealt with your same problem. Someone has dealt with mine. His name is Jesus. And that's God who came as a man and died and took our punishment so that he can be just. He could punish our sin because that is justice. But at the same time, he could still save us. And so I explain that this is the offer of Jesus. And if you believe in what he has done, you can be certain, you can be sure that on that day, you will be justified. On that day, God will not throw you away. God will not cast you out. Ask them, would you like to receive Jesus? A logical person, right, will, um, in most cases, or many cases, let me not speak for everybody, will find that quite appealing. Are you seeing that? Of course, it's not everyone's going to work with. Uh, people are different. People have different objections. Somebody, you may meet people who have actually sat down to think a lot about that. And then they still say, I don't want. But this is actually a very good strategy for you to use when you go on evangelism. So, why don't you listen to this several times? Think, like, have it in your mind and be willing to share this with someone. And let's see how, how it goes with them. All right? Guys, that's it for today. I hope you learned something. Share this with your friends. Help them to also learn these things. And I'll be with you guys in the next episode. Bye-bye. If this blessed you, or you want to say hi, or you have a question, you can head over to my Instagram at pst.essien, pst.essien. Also, if you've been blessed and you'd love to support what we do here at MOG Podcast, then you can give to 0106-207-685. I'll say that again, 0106-207-685-GT Bank. God bless you.